All right. Well, welcome to the first episode of, of Fuck You Friday. episode of, of Fuck You Friday. Uh, I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, uh, Casey LeBlanc. Yes, sir. And uh, our first guest, Kyle Williams. Kyle, thank you. Thank you for being here. It should be uh, really fun, I hope. Um, but with this being the first episode, uh, obviously, you know, this concept and title, uh, Fuck You Friday, is a little brash, Case. And, and to be honest, I was a little concerned. You're a successful entrepreneur, you're a successful businessman, you have a real business, um, and and the words and the concept and the phrase, quite frankly, it scared me a little bit, and I thought it would be really important to uh, go through the origin of, of why you decided, why we decided, but most, mostly you decided to allow this to kind of be titled this way, and then we'll kind of get into uh, you know, our conversation today. Yeah, uh, so I think for where this originated was back in college, and it was through a football story with one of our strength trainers, and, you know, you go through these summer workouts and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about your, oh, yeah. your time doing all these summer workouts. And, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's the, the dog days of summer, right? And what would happen is, is that we would all go out on Thursday nights and 6 a.m. would come around real quickly, right? right? Yeah. And the strength coach would get furious in the corner, right? And he, so he had this thing. So I was 18 years old. I had no idea what was going on. And I don't, I don't know if you still know what's going on. Well, Sorry. that's a that's a totally different <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he would just scream at the top of his lungs, right. "Fuck you, Friday!" <laughs> right. And everybody would go outside, and everybody knew what was going on. And I was just kind of looking around, going, "What's going on?" And he, and he had this kind of sumo wrestling ring that would be set up on Friday mornings. And basically, what he would do is he would pair people that he knew didn't like each other or that were competing for a starting job. And basically, was the, the point of it was is that we're getting better on Fridays. Everybody else is taking the day off. You guys thought it was cool to go out last night and thought today was just going to be a Friday. And so the, it really resonated with me as I kind of took my career and said, how can I apply the principles that you learn in football and do something with it? Because like, for me, it was never about test scores or, or any of that stuff. It's how can I apply some of the – like the best business school I ever went to was on the football field. Mm -hmm. And some of this was – and some of this was like th this exact training. And so we, we kind of came up with, I told Lynn the story and I actually wrote about it. And he was like, dude, this is, more people should be talking about this. So we, we, we want to hear at some point through this, the conversation, like, what are the things that you were doing when nobody else was doing it, right? right. Like yeah. you, to make you successful, you're doing stuff when the lights aren't on. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what, what this is. The fuck right. you Friday is everybody expects Friday to be a day off, third day of the weekend. San Diego is notorious for it, right? This is a beach town. And when I came down here from the Bay Area, I was like, wow, this is, this is not what I want out of my Friday. And right. so it just became this mantra and we've been screaming it. So we've been, we, we wanted to put this together and hear about people that have really been successful and what they're doing actually that's, that's unique and kind of out of the spotlight. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it really is about mentality. Um, and we're going to get there. And I, I think, you know, prior to, to really digging in things, what I'd like to do, Kyle, is kind of have you introduce yourself a little bit um and the first real easy question is where are you from you know what talk yeah. a little bit about you so. there's a there's a lot when it comes to that too you know i was born in the bay area so family wise we're all from there but i grew up in my whole kind of 
like shaping and upbringing was in Chicago. And that to me, I kind of hold close to the chest because there's a kind of mentality. You spent time out there. Yes. Yeah. There's a mentality out there of kind of how you operate, how you move, the things you do and the way you, you know, you conduct business and life and just everything. So, uh, that's my shaping years. Like we're there. It's, Chicago's really a different culture. Yeah. It's kind right. of it's in the, even in the context of the NFL and the league. Yeah. Each team kind of dons the personality of that city. Right. It, it's really unique. But right. Chicago in particular obviously has a dear place to yeah. me as well. Yeah. Wait, I and, want to know more about that though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like we could just go so, right into. We'll go like, right into. Yeah. It. That, so like, like, what is Chicago? Give me. Well, yeah. Give us, me more. For me, it was a lot different because my dad was a GM for the for the White Sox for the majority of the time that we were there. So. Chicago to me, I got all sides of it. I got to see, you know, the specific special events of like, you know, being able to be in the locker room with the White Sox and being able to be around the Bulls guys. But then we also, my dad made it a point when we're driving home from these events to make sure talk radio is on, sports radio, where they're just dogging him, talking shit about mm -hmm. him and, and, and beating him up. Basically, he's the worst guy in the world. But he acclimated me to that at eight years old. So I'm hearing people talk about him hearing people really dig into him, watching him drive, and he's got a smile on his face. He's laughing at it, or he's not letting it hit him. And for me, that kind of translated into the type of person that I would become where things didn't get in easy. He kind of developed a tougher skin for us as kids while just, like, kind of watching him. And, you know, my again, my upbringing was different than a lot of other people. My shaping was different than a lot of other people because I was afforded a lot of privileges that a lot of people weren't. I was able to see what professionalism was. I was able to see what a front office acted like at eight years old. You know, so there's things and stuff that people don't learn until the tough learning curve of professional sports that I was learning at, at a base level. And that's kind of just like where my foundation began. And then you add the aspect of it being a tough city already to grow up in. There's being what it is and what you kind of encounter on a daily, having my, you know, for lack of a better term, the OGs kind of take care of me and not let me stray into that, but to keep me focused on what I was going into. So there was a real shaping element of that. And then after that, it was it was Arizona. And I, even though I was in high school still, I kind of look at when I got to Arizona as kind of like my propelling years. I went straight from high school right into ASU, right into the league. So that was just kind of like the ascension a little bit for Let, me. Let's talk about... Uh, the college decision process yeah obviously yeah. so you have a sports family background you have this uh, amazing perspective that not a mm. lot of uh, kids are afforded yeah right? yeah um what was the process of choosing asu over any other school and uh, the other question uh i don't want to forget is was it just football yeah so it definitely wasn't just football um baseball family baseball background and i was better considerably at baseball mm. as a as a player or talent wise it was just natural I've been doing it for so long they had me in spring training at three four years old what position are we talking about here short stops okay base. so I had the hands okay. you know the whole thing <laughs> lead off I was switch hitting all that came natural because they just had me doing it from when I was two three years old so you're taking batting practice I'm taking BP with those guys at a you know this big I'm, right. I was that kid I was again afforded that privilege to be able to be in that arena as a baby I grew up in that so Baseball to me was first love, and it was it was so natural that it just became it was almost part of life. Hmm. Football was fun, you know, so that kind of translated into the decision making. But it, we didn't really get to that part because when I went to ASU or when I decided ASU, 
there was a baseball scholarship and a football scholarship on the table. And I just told them, look, I'll play football in the fall. and I'll play baseball in the spring. We had it decided between the two coaches. Everything was good. And then my football coach got fired my first year. Which coach was uh, that? Cutter. 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 He got fired my freshman year. And uh, that kind of swayed that whole you know, the whole, whole dynamic. Pie. Yeah, that, that changes gone. your whole four years. It changed everything. Yeah, because yeah, then Dennis came in, Dennis Erickson. He came in, and first thing he says to me when he saw me was, eh, you look like a corner. And in my mind, I'm <laughs> like, shit, if I'm playing corner, that's done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the hitch for that. You know, like, I'm a receiver. So it was, uh, it was, it was tough to kind of let that go, but I still kind of scratched and clawed at it. But I was always so banged up, you know, after football season to even get onto the baseball field. But during the decision-making process, it was, I'm going to ASU. There's no other school that's going to give me an opportunity to play both. So uh, I'm going straight to ASU. It's down the street. They were the first team, first school, I should say, to really believe in me, to give me an opportunity. And that meant something to me. Yeah. The first to be there, the first to you know jump off that ledge and give me a shot, that meant something to me. So... So, yeah. so just to, just to be clear, did you play? So you did play baseball or didn't play baseball? I was on the team. I was on the team for three years, but I didn't, didn't play, play because I was always banged up. So it was. Uh, but you were shagging fly balls, which probably yeah. helped you in the punt returning and special teams. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I always like translate the hand-eye coordination and the reason why I was able to have good hands and all that kind of stuff to baseball. It's yeah. that's where you learn it. And I, again, like I said, I learned that at an elementary stage. So yeah for me that was second nature because of that so yeah absolutely so we're gonna bounce around a little bit and that yeah. you you could unpack so many different things yeah, out of that answer sure. i think one of the things that resonates with me is has your the way that you look at your childhood and all of the things that you probably saw some of yeah. the things your dad probably told you but that life as a kid looking at professional sports how has that evolved? Like, what did you learn as a kid, and how has that changed as you've gotten older and even yeah. played professional? We haven't even gotten into yeah. that, but we... Yeah. So, man, I was learning all the, you know, the things that, the little intricacies that GMs look for that you don't know as a kid or as a prospect. Like the, what? The things that'll, like, kind of whittle you out of the way, you know, like the, the character, how you treat your teachers in school, uh -huh. how you treat random people around the city. They ask everybody. They tap in, and, and Wynn definitely knows. They'll tap in with all your coaches. Well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. They say, and this is true, they, I would say that if if the FBI were to hire the NFL to do research, it would be a much more efficient agency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They find everything. They, yeah. they know they everything. They find everything. They know everything. <laughs> and, I mean, even to, you know, the way you dress, the kind of car you're driving, if you just you're got dating. a Yeah, <laughs> you just got a contract. What are you showing up to the field in? Like, did you spend all that money? Are you showing up wearing certain things like and baseball is a different dynamic, too, because there we all know baseball to be the most strict when it comes to that stuff. So are you playing loud music when you pull up or these little things that wow. we would never think about as prospects, as kids? They use this as a barometer to see who you are. And you're you're learning this at, at eight, years eight years old. Eight years old. And we're sitting around the dinner table talking about. So this. your dad was actually active in active. communicating all of these things oh, on an yeah. ongoing. Okay. Oh, yeah. So and it wasn't just what you saw; it's what you're hearing it's too. What I'm hearing. Right. And then I'm, you know, I'm shadowing him when he's going in, and he's at that when he's working his way up. He's a scout, and then he's GM and all that. So he's scouting every guy that he sees, and he's bouncing that knowledge off of us, off of me and my brothers every moment like there's not a his, the way his mind works i always say he's a genius especially in that realm but the way his mind works it was always ticking so it was always delivering us information and the way my mind works is i'm always absorbing it so when he's throwing that as a kid 
I'm learning how to evaluate players. And I didn't realize how good that made me when it did get to professional sports because I'm evaluating my opponent. Right. And I'm evaluating and breaking stuff down that my guys wouldn't naturally see or many guys wouldn't naturally see, but I see it at face value because it's been embedded to my brain since I was this big. That's just gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. just so much. Yeah. And again, that's but, more what I talk about, that privilege. I was afforded a privilege. Like, this is – like, most people don't get this, and I understand that I was gifted that, and it made me a better professional. So so you, you were gifted a lot of things. Let's let's segue into being drafted by yeah. the San Francisco 49ers. Take take me through that day and then and then that the feeling and then – did you really feel more prepared than the other rookies coming in? How, how did that affect your ability to perform, particularly that first year? Yeah, well, well, draft day, man, I was one of those. I mean, we're all those guys, and you know this probably pretty well. You guys both know. Um, we all expect ourselves to go higher. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when they're Well, telling, your agent's probably telling you you're going first round or you wouldn't have yeah, signed with them, my, right? my agent was telling me, you know, third round, second, third sure. round, something like that. And, you know, my numbers kind of suggested that too, but – I had some things that you know I had in my past that they kind of had to get over. So I ended up going sixth round, but that first day, or the first second, because I did the first round, then second and third the next day back in that format. Um, that second day, I thought I was going. We had the camera crew there. Oh, we wow. had the family there. Uh, that's oh, not going to feel great. Oh, that's real. <laughs> yeah. We're at my dad's house. We, we got it. All my homies are there. I got people from high school there. And then, you know, the teams that are supposed to be picking me that they said, you know, whenever they come up. You're probably up, getting calls, too, right? Calls. Hey, we're going to get you next. We're going to get you next. Oh, man. We're going to get you next. So now everybody in the house is getting excited, and then it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen. You know, so that was a tough day, but it, it kind of it, – that kind of tells the story of what this league is, of what this game is. So I got a, I got a six-round shot uh, the next day, and that was – I mean, I think the draft started at 10 a.m., and I think it was at like 3, 4 p.m. Sure. So that's like two days. And you were over it already. Already over it. I think I was in the McDonald's drive-thru. I was in the McDonald's drive-thru wow. when they called me. because I, And I had people at my house at that time. So you didn't my probably want to be at the house. I didn't want to because everyone's just like, oh, man, it's real quiet. It's real edgy in there. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get something. Yeah. Uh, I go over to McDonald's, and then I finally get a call, and they say it's going to be, you know, it's the Niners. We're going to pick you in the next one. And, you know, I'm having other teams call me at the time, and you know how this goes where they'll tell you, you know, you shouldn't. You should just like kind of hope for a free agent move now, because if you come here, I'm gonna feed you that rock. I'm gonna really use you. They're not gonna use you right, and I that, will. That, so. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Once you get to that late round, there's there's the theory that instead of getting that late round selection, that you'd have a better opportunity to make a roster if you have the decision to choose what team instead of the team choosing yeah. you. Okay, so let me tell you really quickly. So the draft came and gone. I didn't think I was going to get drafted. But yeah. after the draft, I had a couple of calls, a couple of offers. My agent was like, hey, who do you want? And I knew I wasn't an NFL guy. Right? Yeah. I was already – my knees were beat up. I'm, so yeah. I went to the Niners because I'm a lifelong 49er oh, there fan. We go. So, there we go. so, so I'm, I'm like, to my team. hey, I'm going to drive down the street. Exactly. I've been watching these guys for 18, exactly. 20 years. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go right down like the street. like a consistent theory for you. You drove down the street from Bellarmine to San Jose State. You just wanted to keep driving down the street. I, I should have ran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back in those days, I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let, let's dig into to the Niners and, and you yeah. being a Niners fan. This is this is kind of interesting. And and Kyle, I know that uh, you know. I just remember the, a Seattle Seahawks game where you kind of got blown. You kind of got blown up. You oh got yeah. A, you got a, a you know 
I'll be your. I don't know. You're, if you're just going to jump right into that. You know, I do. I'm tired of it. Yeah, just go straight into. Well, you're talking into about it. Niners fans. Some Niners fans are still pissed off at Kyle for yes, things. Yeah, you know, yeah, and we're going to we're going to get gonna right into pissed, this. They're going to be pissed forever. They're, that's they're, what, they're, and they I may be. It. it is what it is. And 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 obviously, I, I know that you know. Seriously, you had a significant significant concussion a couple games prior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're probably still still a little blurry. There's a lot of stuff that you know we're we're learning now, even with concussions and all that. I mean. Don't need to get into that right now. We might get into that a little yeah, later. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but let's fast forward just because from a fan's perspective, uh, uh, that that Giants game, everybody knows about this playoff game where you know there's a couple punts that, yeah. that you, oh, yeah. you let go and and well, we got to paint the picture. We're okay, talking the playoff. No, yeah. I mean, but give a little background if you're. You know, like there's, there's more. I just to love it. jumping into controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure, I mean, this is this is a major that, thing, right? I mean, that's the meat of it. I get it. Yeah, you're, playoffs. Your playoffs right? because it's, for the Super Bowl. You got to understand, it's it's you lose and you're done. Oh yeah, and it's the end of the game. Well, right? yeah. you got to yeah. paint the picture. Like we're talking, well, what speak, is it? Fourth quarter. Or, well, so there was two. Yeah, there was two, and I still. Yeah. It's still foggy, and really? I still. Oh yeah, I mean, I have I've watched it a bunch of times, so I know exactly what happened. But as far as remembering it in my own mind, it's still foggy just because of. The weeks leading up, you got to remember the week before was that Saints game, where you know I had that block with the cut, the crackback block, but I did that all game. Mm -hmm. That was a week after that concussion, so it was a little foggy. But it's not, I mean, I would have played with a gunshot wound. Literally, that's it's that's the mentality NFC, you have to have. It's the NFC champion, and that's the mentality that I did have. That's why I was also the guy that always elected. I wanted to go in there and blow up those 280, 290 pound right. DNs backers that. And you see where I'm at, you know, yeah. but that that was my mentality and I wanted that, you know, so I would have played with whatever, you know, whatever I had. And yeah, it came back to get me kind of and it hurt my team, too. And it was a situation where the last one was trying to make a play, man. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So you you played football for at least eight years, right? Four in college. Oh, seven. Seven yeah. in NFL, so eleven years total. Probably caught punts the entire time. My whole life. So you probably caught in a in a in a game, whether collegiate yeah. or NFL. Yeah. Hundreds. Hundreds, if not thousands. If yeah. not thousands yeah. of punts. punts which which by the way is the most difficult thing Hardest to do thing to on do a football, football field. field. Nobody knows. It's Nobody not, knows. Uh, it doesn't deep. just go up and down. Oh, you know? Well, and plus, well, you gotta also <laughs> yeah. it's it's not just the football. You got eleven people that are running Scott Larry. And, and the decision of whether to catch not, and run or, or throw not this eleven. Up. You gotta think. If you're standing back there, you got twenty one guys <laughs> running. Yeah, that's you, a good and point. you just have to feel it all. By yourself. You gotta feel it all. Because the, the focus that you have to have as soon as that ball comes off the foot, it's okay. Is it going to turn over? Is it starting this way? Is it going to drop down this way? Because once it gets to the apex, that ball can drop eight different ways on well, it. Well, so too, you're you're a receiver, right? That's yeah. your that's your day job. Yeah. Your absolutely. your your side hustle is punt returning, is punt right? Return <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah. but for punters, their only job is to punt. That's so it. they are so that's like it. strategic they're about incredible. how the they're dirty. They are, they are dirty. <laughs> they are dirty. They're they dirty. are incredible. They're, I mean, there's a knuckle punt you can have exactly the end over end if it's going to turn. But a lot of people don't way. know that. They're Most just like, oh, don't. all they see is the ball goes up, Most the ball comes don't. down. Yeah, right. If the tip of the ball is here, it's going that way. If the tip of the ball is kind of facing straight up and down, it's going to dive. There's so many different ways. So you got to focus on that and then feel the the pain that's coming to you because it's going to hurt whoever's hitting you. They've been running for sixty yards. So this is the this it's is the hurt. biggest game yeah. of your life, right? Yeah, like no question. question. Okay, question. so you so you dropped the first punt. Not even. So the first one, first one's short, and I'm running up to go grab it, save my team some yards. That's what you do as a returner. Now that's a that's an iffy play, mm -hmm. and because you never know what way this ball is gonna bounce. Mm -hmm. It's just the shit doesn't go right. It's not a baseball. You yeah. know, it's gonna be all over the place. And it hopped on me, and it caught me in the knee. That's the one that caught me in the knee. Now to this day. 
everybody's like, how the fuck did you, you know, whatever. <laughs> As to this day, I still don't think it hit me in the knee. It's on replay, whatever. I didn't feel that. <laughs> right. yeah. People don't realize when you slow that camera down to the, the millisecond of millisecond, it's not what it is on the field. Like that is moving faster than traffic. And people don't get how fast that is. So no, I didn't feel anything. So again, to this day, I would have said the same thing back then. No, I didn't touch anything. Okay, but still, you get you. But there's a fumble. That was it. That was so. That, that was, was number the first one. one. Yeah. Now let me then before we get into the second one. Yeah. Where's your head at? See, that's the thing. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. As far you know, again, we were foggy, but I'm I'm that dude. You can compartmentalize. I'm that kind of yeah. I know how this is. Like especially if you play that position, it's almost like a corner, right? Short memory. Mm-hmm. You're back there for punts. You can't be thinking about oh shit, I dropped one in practice on Tuesday. Or I'm, I don't know. You can't. No, there's none of that. There's absolutely none of that. And to go back to your point, I've caught thousands of these in games. And, you know, there's there's two mishaps in their back to back in one game, you know, so and it's this game. Right. So it's the magnitude is 10 out of 10 and the consequence is 10 out of 10. Right. So so that one again, I was good. I was good. And still, I'm you know, I'm playing. I think there's 70 plus game plays in that game at receiver too, and returning kicks. So it's a, there's a lot going on. I don't have time for worrying about what just happened. We're right. in this game. We got to go win it. So we're, we're in OT, and this is the second one. And there's no drop. I caught it. And the thing that everyone misses and everyone is, you know, it's I muffed a punt. He muffed two punts. I didn't muff any. I had the one hit me. I caught the second one, and I fumbled that shit. I fumbled it because 57 made a hell of a play. It is what it is. This shit happens on the football field. How many times have you watched that play? Uh, probably, to be honest, probably like four or five. Nothing, not too That's much it. more. Yeah, I've seen. Because when it you enough. say fifty-seven, you, you probably <laughs> remember fifty-seven from the game. I no, I just know, you know, like again, and Win knows this. Like as far as a player, the player I was, and this is the only reason that I stuck around as long as I did. I was so cerebral as a player. I knew what everybody was doing on the field. I knew our entire offense within a few weeks. I knew everybody's position. If somebody, you know, the the it happens at practice all the time. Oh, we don't have a whatever. I'm the guy that runs on the field. It's you know that tight you know end the route because I know what they're doing. Right, it's no big deal. So, I knew everybody that was the opponents. I knew their strong suits. I knew the, the scouting report on everything. We made a hell of a play, and you know, as you know, with the punt return stuff and the kick return stuff, it's moving so fast and it's so based off a of feel. You see color. You see your color on their color. Right. If your color's here, their color's there, you're in. It's so simple. It's so it's like you don't there's not a lot of thinking involved, right? And at the end of the day, I made a cut and I wasn't as far away from him as I thought I was, and he made a hell of a play. He got me. Yeah. And there's a there's a part of this, there's two parts of this which have made me be able to progress and like get past that moment. One that we all get paid. We all get paid to do this game. And I've seen Peyton throw four picks in an AFC championship, the best maybe ever. I've seen every best player ever have a tough game, have a bad game. It happens. The other side gets paid too. You know, so I was able to get through it because of that and because I was trying to make a fucking play, you know. And I would have really kicked myself more if I'm fair catching that ball and I don't give us an opportunity or I don't give myself an opportunity or I don't do my part to try to make a play. I know that we were struggling on offense in that game. I think we were like 1 of 13 on third down or some shit. Um, we were struggling. I was trying to make a play, and I've always been that for my teams. I've always been a spark. 
and I wasn't going to change my mentality because of the magnitude of the game. Shit happened. Right? Let's go you to know? that, and it's something that you're touching base on really, really well. The, the gravity of this moment. Yeah. This, in the context of a fan's perspective in particular, right? This, they, they live for this. I mean, there's yeah. certain people that literally this is their life. Right? Whole life, yeah. And, and let me give you an example of what happened right after that, this moment oh, of, yeah. of adversity. I mean, uh, as an example, I believe your Twitter account, for example, went from like 6,000 people to like 60,000 in, in, in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and were you getting, I mean, this is, were there death threats? I mean, how, how, how real did this get? So, yeah. So, and to, to start with something first, I've always, 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 because of what you said, people live for this. I fucking love that. And I've always loved that. I've always been a guy that fed off of the fans, that mm -hmm. fed off of the people. That passion is the same shit I wanted out of our fans. So when it's directed at me, I can't justifiably like hate on it or be mad about it. I would, being in their shoes, I would have felt the same way, legitimately. So like, as far as how real it got, um, my phone, like there's very, it's bits and pieces that I remember from after. Now, I don't know if that's the mind, you know, trying to compartmentalize, like you said, or drive some stuff out that it didn't really love, or if it's due to the actual head trauma I sustained from week to week to week. And, you know, Bounty Gate is in there. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there, and we'll yeah, get that, into that. That D coordinator from the Saints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my dad's still looking for him. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot in there. But, I mean, as far as the death threats, um, specific, specific death threats, I mean, like at my house, Jeez, there was wow. there was vandalism to my house, vandalism to my car. I know I parked my car at like a, and there was a lot of good shit too. A lot of people would walk up to me, and most of the time it was it was positive, but there was there was some shit. Wow. There was some shit. There was stuff on my like at my house at my door. There was stuff in my garage at my house. Like I had to move to another apartment. My car, I think the tires got slashed, maybe twice. Jeez. So like, cause I had, I mean, we pull up to the stadium in our cars. Everybody knows, everybody knows shit. what you're driving. Yeah. And I didn't have the most like, you know, inconspicuous kind sure. of car at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were just talking about cars yeah, earlier. Yeah. Today. I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have like the most, you know, regular car yeah. out there. So it was noticeable and it was, you know, so, so it was tough. It was definitely tough. And, uh, I look at that as kind of a defining moment in, you know, who I became after that, because it could have gone. Well, real, yeah. So that's a, that's a real uh, pivotal moment of facing adversity. Yeah. Right. So so let let's let's fast forward a little bit in and come into the next season, mm -hmm. right? Um, you you got through it. Look, you didn't get released. Right. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, potential banter among fans, and sometimes fans can influence organizations. Sometimes yeah. they can't. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you, you got through it. You get to the next season. Yeah. Uh, and then break down what happens in the next season. Was it successful? Or yeah. Well, before before that, before I even was able to get to that, I had to, I had to go to work, man. Like I went, I went nuts at that part, and like at that part of my life, I went nuts. And I think, you know, looking back now, I'm looking back at it, it was ten years ago, and I think what I was probably doing was maybe running from how painful that was a little bit, and but I was telling myself at the time, I'm just gonna work my way through it. I'm just gonna go to work instead. I'm gonna channel that into this, and I'm just gonna go nuts. And I was, you know, my trainer. Yeah. Well, I was running up mountains every day. I was doing all kinds of shit. Like, hey, look at that parking structure there. Let's figure out a way where we can like go up that and make this shit harder. Let's make it harder. Let's make it harder. I'm waking him up <laughs> in the middle of the. Hey, let's go. Let's do it again. Let's make this shit harder. Make it harder on me because I need that. 
I needed to find some sort of solace and just. So it was fuck you every day. Every it was fuck you every day. Every fucking day. We're gonna have to rename this fucking day. Every fucking day. And it was, I was like, I'm gonna just beat the shit out of myself and get myself into a machine to where nothing like this will ever happen. I looked at it as a mistake for sure. This is something, yeah, it happens on the field, shit happens. But had I been better prepared or better, whatever, stronger, whatever, it might not have. Fuck it. I'm going hard then. I'm gonna go as hard as I possibly can. I'm going to push my body to the absolute brink that it has in it every fucking day. And that's what I did. So then when I came back for the next season, not only did the front office see it, my coaches saw it, but my guys saw it too. And I wasn't on no press run or anything like that. I remember you probably remember all this shit too. I didn't go and like go and I know I got, (laughs) I had offers to go, I think on Ellen and all kinds of shit. And I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not going to get notoriety for a mistake. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm not going to have my teammates looking like, look at this dude parading around off of a mistake. We lost. Like, that's the only thing I care. We lost. So none of that. And I just went to fucking work. Right. So when I got back to the Niners, I remember, I think it may have been like fourth or fifth day of camp. And I was so locked in and so like I was different with my mentality that and, you know, I'm not joking around. I'm not, I was a jail guy and you know that yeah. everybody loved me and I loved everybody and I helped that thing kind of mess. Um, none of that. I was so fucking focused and I wanted this so bad that I was just, it almost appeared to the outset like I was stressed, like I was pressing. And I'll never forget, Jim came up to me, Harbaugh, he came up to me and he's like, hey, are you like worried about something? And I'm like, well... <laughs> well, how, coach how well, long do you have <laughs> and it was and it was after practice and he was like i was like well we did just sign randy moss and we just drafted a first rounder and we just signed uh manningham as well so it doesn't appear that you guys are planning for me to be here it just doesn't appear he's like look that has nothing to do with you none of that you're on my team and you'll be on my fucking team regardless stop worrying about it stop stressing go play football you're good and that was a weight off my – it was actual an actual weight off my shoulders. It's always hard to make a team. Yeah. We're always stressed about making a team, and we're always counting the numbers and all that kind of and, stuff. And that's, that's not just for the year, by the way. That's each week. Each week yeah. you have – you can see a group of receivers who, by the way, last year three of them could have been – Top performers, it just didn't didn't work out for that situation. Right. Every every Tuesday, they're working out to see if and that organization is seeing well is is he faster? Is he better? Does he have better yeah. hands? You have to make that team every week, if not every day. You if know, not, if every, not day. every day, because you can indict yourself out of a situation <laughs> so fast. So and you know these are all guys that are coming in. Randy, we don't. I mean, arguably the the goat, and then you got Manningham who was killing at the time too. So I'm like. You know, like, these are guys I respect. These are, like, real players. These are dudes. So, yeah, it appears that you're kind of moving me out. But once he gave me an endorsement, that was, man, and I was, again, I was going, we were, we were going off. We, were, we started off real hot, and I was kicking ass. I was kicking yeah. ass in the return game. I was, I was back to me, you know, and I had my three-spot locked down despite the fact that we had brought in all these other pieces. And uh, what was it, week 12? Week 12. Week 12? Yeah, week 12, we play the Saints. And you got to understand, this is right after Bounty Gate, where they put a price on my head because I had concussion history. And we know Greg Williams has got the famous excerpt, and, you know, go after number 10, make sure to test his head out. He's got concussion, let's test that out. And they did it. 
and we were crack blocking the whole game. So we go down to New Orleans, and Vilma had been suspended for Bounty Gate for that eight games. Or I think, was it was it week nine? It could have been week, week nine, I actually. think it was week nine. So he was suspended, and this was his first game back. And the entire time we played them the last time was toss crack. I'm cracking Vilma and hitting him in the side of the ear. So we line up in the same formation with the same running back in the backfield, except our tight end lines up on the wrong side. And Vilma sees all of it, and he's yelling, toss crack, toss crack, and he's pointing right at me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it when they know. <laughs> I'm supposed to block. That's this. supposed to be toss surprise. Yeah. 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 There's nothing about this that's going to turn out well. And I'm supposed to block, I think it was Will Smith on the end and John Vilma, two of the best players in the league, and it's just me. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so I try to plan off of this left leg to kind of just get a shoulder on one of these guys because Will Smith dove and Vilma's diving down too. So I try to just plant. He gets on me quick. As soon as I plant that into that turf at at, uh, at their stadium, knee goes out. And then he hits me, and the knee goes out the other way too. So we blew it out, and then we blew we blew it, blew it. Yeah. So and then on the same play, our running back got an Achilles by Vilma. So Vilma took both of us out for the <laughs> season on one play. I don't know what he got paid for that one, but uh, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> but uh, so. Yeah, that was that was the next year. So then it was right back to adversity stage, like you said. Yeah. And this is the first time I've been hurt. Really, you know, I'd I'd had little nicks here and there, but I'd never had something like this—a major knee certain knee injury, career-threatening, career-threatening injury. Exactly. I'm a I'm a fast guy. I'm a quick guy. And now I can't be that. You know, for as far as my mind goes. So it was that was tough. That was and again and that's on my quote-unquote redemption year, you know, where I'm trying to come back and, and we're every bit of that Super Bowl team that we should have been the year before, and we ended up going to the Super Bowl. So I'm at the Super Bowl and I'm watching it, and I'm on the sideline when I know I would be in the game and in the mix, and, you know, we lose by a few yards, Inches. really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know I could have done something to help. And so it's that was the kind of starting of on this path of, you know, injury, adversity, recovery, injury, adversity, recovery. And it just kept kind of perpetuating in that cycle for the next five years. Well, and, and let's go to that next that next cycle. Yeah. Um, obviously, all of a sudden, I mean, things are starting to stack up. So the mentality and, and some of the things we're talking about of, of keeping your focus and, and continuing to have that drive is pretty phenomenal. And, and I'm assuming at some point you would hope that that transitions even from off the field to, to later on. Yeah, um, yeah. But with that being said, let, let's move to that, that, you know, when I became your agent and, and that, that, that day, that surreal day when it sounds just from, just from listening to you about uh, Jim Harbaugh coming over here and coach Harbaugh being a, an advocate for you and, yeah. and relaxing you and, and really wanting you to win. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the day you got, you got released. Cause yeah. for me it was surreal as well. Yeah, it was tough. It was. And again, like I, like I said before, and like you said, Jimmy was my guy, man. He really he really was. He is. I'm pulling for that dude no matter what he's got going on. But uh, and where he's at, regardless, I'm always pulling for him because he always pulled for me. And uh, that day, I was actually – it's crazy. I'm always in a drive-thru. <laughs> was it McDonald's again? This one was Starbucks. Oh, okay. All right. So it's Tuesday. It's our day off. I got fired on my day off. And uh, they call me. They give me the call. And they say, hey, bring your playbook in, the whole classic. And I – Remember, I was like, wait, wait, wait. 
what? And he's like, yeah, bro, I, I don't yeah, know. Because you were starting. I started two days before that. And he was like, yeah, I, I really don't know, man, but just just bring it. And I'm like, okay, call when. Hey, what the fuck is going on? What's What do we got going here? Um, he's like, give me a second. And he calls Jim. Calls me right back within 30 seconds. He's like, hey, you're good. I yeah. just talked to Jim. Yeah, you're not you, going you anywhere. Tell. Yeah, hey, Kyle, I love Kyle. Kyle's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is back when uh, there was more going on. In was, the, well, in this the is when I first learned about yeah, there was more going on. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> everybody found out then. Even my teammates were finding out about their kind of dynamic. Yeah, the way their whole situation. Which, was. for those that don't know that are watching, it was the GM and the coach. Which yes. in 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 a lot of organizations, right? There's different levels of leadership, and you don't know who's pulling different levers. Exactly. Like exactly. what happens in, in in the NFL or in sports in general happens in business in corporate America. Right. All, all the time right, right it's right. just we're just watching we just get we, it's like a reality television yep. show every single day yep. so it's interesting to kind of get the, the kind different of angles the right we got yeah. the we got the agent and player well, angle well what's fascinating to me is that i get a call I'm, I'm feeling great because i have the head coaches calling me and saying how much he loves kyle and then i have trent balky the gm literally calling me on the other line so i said coach i this is trent let me you know let me just click over he said hey, no problem hey when sorry we're, we're gonna have to let kyle go and I was like, okay, wait a second. The head coach just said how much he loved Kyle and that how he's going to start and where he's going to do. And we just had a great conversation. And now I have the general manager calling me and saying he's going to release him. Yeah. Uh, not a not a great situation. Yeah. Just tell him no. So, <laughs> well, I tried. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> but, 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 but. Yeah. So, tells me, I, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here, should I go and bring it in? Like, what do yeah, I do? Do I even give my playbook what in? What do I do? Coach is saying I want right. to stay. And Wynn's like, you know what, dude, just go up there and just go talk to Jim. Just do that. And cool, I'll go up there as soon as I'm getting there. You know, the Reaper, he's sitting right outside. And we know what the Reaper. Uh, let's yeah, explain yeah. what the Reaper. Yeah. The Reaper is yeah. the guy that fires you. Yeah, <laughs> lack of a better term. Doesn't he bring you to the guy he that brings actually, you right to him? To the guy, yeah. He takes that takes playbook that, from you. Talk work. about an awkward job, oh, right? Like, oh. And then he walks around behind you as you go say bye to all your teammates. It's a tough. tough That's a tough, tough deal. situation. Nobody likes getting fired. No. Exactly. And he's and oh. the, I knew the guy. He's a sweetheart. Like, yeah. Of a person. They're all nice guys. No, really nice guys. <laughs> it's a requirement on the interview. Right. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. You got to be a nice guy. You can't be. You can't be the Reaper without being a nice guy. Yeah, right. see, so he was he was like, I honestly I don't know what's going on, whatever, just go. So I go upstairs. He knew exactly what was going on, exactly. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was just trying like to reaper. soften the blow a little bit. <laughs> nice reaper. Yeah. So so down the down the hallway is Jim and I see him standing outside as I'm walking into Trent's office because the guy's walking me in there. And Jim's got his and when these when his hands are here, uh, yeah. Jim's okay. pissed. Yeah. yeah. I could see it from all the way down the hall. So I walk in. And Trent gives me exactly what when I say, hey, you know, we're sorry, we gotta let you go. Listen, you're not gonna last more than 24 hours, so I wouldn't really trip. But uh, yeah, just due to the dynamic, and and I'm fired up, and I had some choice words, and you know, but you know, I always respected Trent, so I, you know, I kept it amicable. But then right when I get out of there, Jim's still standing there in the hallway, waiting. And he's like, get over there. So I <laughs> walk down the hallway. What a, what a surreal. I know. This, this is your this job, is, by the way. This first, is your livelihood. First time I've gotten fired, this is how it was, too. So I'm like, I walk down the hallway, and he's like, shut that door behind you. And I'm almost thinking he's, like, pissed at me. Like, you know, I did something. And I close the door, and he's fuming. He's pissed. He's not happy. He's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I told him that I wanted you here. It doesn't make any sense. If you weren't going to start anymore, that's one thing. But to just totally release you, it's not what I want. It doesn't make sense for death. It doesn't make sense for anything. And I just wanted you to know that I'm still pulling for you. I did not 
make this decision. And for a second, you know, as a player, you're like kind of like, okay, you're just kind of telling me what you're supposed to tell me. And then I get back in the car and I call Wynn. He's like, no, no, no. Jim was serious about that. I talked to him on the phone and he told me about their conversation at more length. And it was surreal to say the least. Yeah. It was it was a trip, you know. And again, like I said, all my family is from the Bay Area. All my family grew up. It cut a little deeper than usual. It, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't normal, you know. It was a it, it it hit home a little bit. And because even though me and the fans and the city kind of had our back and forth, I had mad love for that that city. This the stadium really Candlestick was my shit. Just everything about it. I loved the dynamic. I loved everybody in the building. You know, from the, the bottom guy to the top guy. Was that your first time recognizing that GM and coach not on the same page? Well, yeah, or did you, did I, everybody well, kind of? I've seen that before kind of with my, my upbringing and stuff. Right. I've heard about it, obviously. But I, I guess none of us really understood the magnitude of, you know, kind of their dissension, I guess, for lack of a better term. I think there were, there was a, I think Trent tried to trade him or something like that. Something like they tried to trade Jim for. I don't know if that ever came out, but now it has. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was. Yeah, the Browns, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Browns. But I think there's just a lot of, there was a lot of decisions like this that followed where my teammates would call me or my old teammates would call me and say, ah, well, now this is happening after you left. And now this is happening. And that was kind of the first straw that was. Beginning of the soap opera. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, after that, we kind of saw what ended up happening, but that kind of kicked it off right there. Did you play after that? Yeah, I went to went to the Chiefs with. So, I had a, I had an endorser over with Kansas City, Alex Smith, and Alex heard about it. And from what he told me, as soon as I got there, he's like, I saw that and was like, what the, what's going on? Right. Go get him. Go get him now. And they had, I mean, we had a couple endorsers there. Chris Ballard, who's now the GM yeah. for the Colts. I, I got a call immediately, and it, Chris, he's, he's kind of funny. He won't even announce. I, I didn't get, understand the number. It was a different number he called from, and all I got was, is he healthy? <laughs> and I'm like, is this is this media? Is this, you know, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Who is it? It's yeah. it's Chris. When it's Chris, Chris Ballard, and he's yeah, got the t- little Texas twang. Yeah. Is is Kyle healthy or not? I'm like, no, he's healthy. Okay, he's coming. Okay, okay good. But it's kind of stepping back. Yeah. We, we have a pattern here, right? We have a pattern of meeting adversity, pushing through it with your mentality, and then yet feeling again uh, in, a, yeah. in a way or, yeah. or facing adversity again. Having to do it again. So, yeah. so now let's step back. You've all of a sudden now you've been released from a team. You have loved this team. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a passion of yours. Yeah. There's family involved. There's, it's deeper than just, you know, uh, losing yeah. your first job. Now you have this new opportunity. You have a quarterback that loves you in Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the, the GM and a lot of the, the scouts that absolutely love you as long as you were healthy. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and so, so talk to me about this because I know Chris told me, he said, when, you're about to make. He said, "You're about to make a lot of money," because yeah. this is right when the the slot receiver was was starting to be popular. realized. Yeah, popular. Mm-hmm. And and why wouldn't they? By the way, I mean, if you're going against a nickel and you're as quick as 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 this guy, or or, or have the ability to to shift both ways, and you and the boundary's not your friend as as a nickel, why wouldn't you try to exploit that, Absolutely. right? And so Chris was. I was fired up and I was excited. And then that first week of practice, oh, Kyle yeah. knew that he was loved. Yeah. Well, I mean. Look at what Andy's offenses kind of are and what they've been. And it's tailored perfect for a guy like me. And we've seen it. We've seen it since then. We saw it before then. And within the first week or so, I was like, okay, this is a very different situation. These guys throw it. These guys, they absolutely use every piece they got like that. Whereas when we were in San Francisco, 
we had one of the best, if not the best runner ever with Frank G with the old line we had, that was going to be our mentality. We were going to run that thing. And, you know, I was a willing participant for that too. So I'll go get, if we're going to do that, I'll go dig out those linebackers. No big deal. So it was a difference of philosophy when they got over there and I saw it quick and I fit in perfectly. So Kyle, we get, we get to the Kansas city chiefs. Everybody's excited. I'm getting calls from the GM head coach. Obviously Chris Ballard was, was pivotal in that, that context of that time of the organization. Obviously, we know that he's done a great job with the Indianapolis Colts, and I want him to win. He's a, he's a great person. Great person. Um, and, and the first week of practice, you know there's something different. And, and what is it that's different? Yeah, it's just there was like, you know, philosophically there was a difference in the way Andy called plays and what he was trying to do. And their attention was on me. And my whole time in San Francisco, we had guys. We had a lot of guys. Vernon, Crab. And we had Anquan, you had Manningham, Randy. We got a lot of guys, you know, so there's not necessarily an emphasis to get me the ball all the time. And that first week in KC, I think out of the first 15 plays, we were going to play the Chargers. Out of the first 15, six of them were specifically going to me. And it was like a no other option type thing. So so the first week yeah. you're there, they dress you just because they're excited yeah, and just I, in case, yeah, right? But I got you don't there play. Thursday. I got I flew in to KC Thursday. You get cut Monday. Wait, we get cut. Was it Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. And by Thursday he's on he's brand new team. Thursday I'm on a team and I'm flying in. Or Wednesday we 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 agree to terms. Yep. Thursday we go in, we sign, I practice Thursday night, and we leave Friday to go to Denver. And I'm dressing on Sunday. And there's some little stuff we had in the game plan, nothing major, but then that next week they were all in on me. And by that next week, you mean you mean practice, right? Practice, you you yeah. know as a player if you're being uh, – Yeah, yeah. We, we game plan, and you know kind of on either Monday or Tuesday, definitely Wednesday, you know what we're going to do in this game plan, how we're going to attack these guys, and it's very, very specific. And we were specifically attacking their nickel, and I was doing it. And it was all my type of stuff, you know, quick option routes – um, quick slants, everything underneath. And then we had some shots in there too. But it was exciting because, and I remember calling you just like, yo, this is, this it. is it. Like we are, we're about to go right now yeah. because I finally found something where it tailors to my style of play. And uh, I'm on one of those plays in practice. I'm running motion here. I'm running the slant. And as I plant, the ball is kind of behind me. Catch the ball behind me, and I'm, like, kind of spinning, and I put my leg down to kind of plant. Same knee. <sighs> get that click again. And everyone on the defense kind of walks out on the field because they saw it happen. And they're walking out like, are you okay? And I jogged it off. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think I had such a mentality like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, not now. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not now. Not right now. Bro. <laughs> Go away. Then, you know, <laughs> Run along. Stop yeah, looking at me. <laughs> don't even look at yeah, it. Don't, don't look, look at it. it. Don't look at Pay it. Pay no attention. <laughs> and so I run back to the huddle. And I, next play is a streak. And I'm like, well, we'll find out in a second. But I was only running straight. So I ran straight. It's like I got a little limp. But, again, I had told you throughout yeah. the whole that whole year in San Francisco, and I was starting every game. But I had told him after oh, yeah. every almost every yeah. practice, my knee. No, we had, had to find a, a hyperbaric chamber for because you. It, yep, because it would the swell up so bad. Yeah. And, and that was from week one all the way through week 12 when this ended up being in Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, I, I ran another out on that leg, planted down, 
And I remember going back to the trainer and telling him, no, I'm good. He's like, yeah, you're pretty good, but uh, you're not healthy. Let's go check it out. I was like, yeah, you're a good player. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you need to go get checked out. So we just got some ice on it, whatever. I took the knee sleeve off after the ice, and I watched my knee swell up. Like, I sat and watched it. Right. And within 15 minutes, it was there was no difference between thigh, knee, calf. It was just leg. And it was just swollen and kind of knew what it was, but I was still in denial. I'm like, yeah, we can go get the MRI. We're good. And, you know, that was a tough a tough 30 minutes in the machine, in the MRI machine, because I'm thinking if it's your life, your I'm career, done. yeah, yeah this if, is this is it. If this is if this is gone, you're again. smart enough at this point because you've been in the league long yep. enough. Like when you're young, you don't know all the. De- and plus, you came yep. from GM, so you know. Yeah, so I you know, know exactly seven year vet. On. You're too I'm expensive. Like two ACLs. Yeah, on, on, and now I'm going in. I'm going to be next year going into my not, sixth not, year. Not to m- mention the the expectation of knowing. It's one thing to to you know, be able to have the opportunity to transition to another team that in and of itself is a minor miracle yeah i mean it's this is a truly a game of inches the yeah. fact that we were able to put you in a situation where you're about to excel not yeah. only be on the team but literally right. be on espn about you know six six for 140 in a tv yeah. what an agent yeah what an yeah. agent i mean yeah. it just goes yeah. without yeah. saying yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you almost can't read yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shoulder problem yeah. <laughs> don't hurt yourself right. pal right well, and then and then i got on top of that i got my guy at quarterback i yeah. got alex, alex at quarterback right so, and there. Yeah. so uh, we're already comfortable we already there's there's such a learning curve when you got to learn the quarterback how they're, they throw the ball what they're looking at what they're looking for and they have to do the same thing with you. As well, as a timing. receiver, right, there's a couple people in the building you want to be your friend, right? That's GM, head coach, quarterback. <laughs> and when all three like you, yeah, you, you feel, pretty, you got good. Action, you feel right? pretty good. And and I'm talking to the offensive coaches, and they're like, man, how did they let you go? And like, well, so, hey, our, our game. And I'm, I feel all of that. I feel yeah. all that energy. I feel great. And it goes again. And, oh, this one was devastating, man. It really was. I, I remember sitting in. In Andy's office, right after that, and I'm, I'm hysterical, and and we all know Andy's personality. He's like, "Hey, chin up, dude. You're good. I'm gonna <laughs> sign you back right away. You're fine. Don't sign with anybody else. I'll talk to Win. Do not sign with anybody else. You saw what we're gonna do. Come back. We'll sign you. Don't worry about it. Just go get that thing right. Cool. Changed my whole outlook on it. I went home. I was fine. We decided to go with Andrews this time for surgery to go ahead and do yep. it right. Yep. And we we're back on that recovery road. It's, it's step two on this one. And, and he meant what you said, that the Chiefs organization as a whole, I, I don't necessarily, you don't necessarily trust all the organizations. Well, you yeah. never trust any. Right. But from my personal experience with, with you and with a number of different players, yeah. they're, they're pretty much, they're, they're and, rock solid. And, they, well, they, I think that's like, that. I keep listening for things like in the, how do you equate some of the things that are going on in the league? And you've told so many different stories of playing, getting hurt, and leadership, all these different things. Can you talk a little bit about what the different styles of leadership, some of the things that you can extract from your time in the league that resonate with you or at the time have changed over the years? Like how long have you been out of the league? And then when you look back, what was it like then and what changed? Right. Well, you could kind of see the transition because that's kind of where it started. I think uh, it's been five years, almost five years since I left. And with Andy, when I saw how Andy's coaching style was, completely different it was more of more of us and not to slight anybody else you know everybody has their own way of doing things right Andy would get into a meeting and normally we dread install everyone dreads the two three hour meeting of install 
Andy's shit was fun. Andy's shit was energetic. He's interacting with all of us. We're all talking in there. We're having conversation in connecting. there. Connecting. Connecting in there. Yeah. And it is a unit that's all going towards the same thing. There's To me, there's no secret why. I mean, obviously, having 15 back there, having Mahomes back there is a plus. But there's no secret as to why their offenses have been, even when Alex was there. But if Mahomes plays for Detroit, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not Mahomes. He, oh. their, their dynamic right. together be, with the personality styles, and I see it now, and everybody, you see everybody's reaching for all of Andy's, like, understands. guys, yeah. So we look at Dougie, Dougie P, he got plucked from Andy. Maggie got plucked from Andy. Frank Wright got plucked from Andy. And EB is on his way because of that dynamic, in my opinion, the way he goes about just a meeting, let alone, I mean, he'll, he's, he's a stiff, and you can't play with Andy either. But in the same boat, that's your guy up there. And you know. So tell me about can, the meetings. I want, I want to know. Yeah. Like you're, I, it's just, give me some it's ideas on what's. I mean, I can't even duplicate it because this guy's so energetic up there. He's a, he's a character already. You see him and how he acts. That's how I think a lot of people don't see him. Really? Right? Like, really? You, you see a little. You get. You see him on the field. And see, yeah, you, but we I don't guess, see that. Huh? Yeah, so you kind of got to tell language. us a little bit. I guess, yeah. He walks into a meeting. I mean, you know how Emerald was with the food and shit? Boom, bam. All, that's literally how Andy is in front of him. And he's like, hey, you're going to drop back. He's going to be right here. Boom, you're, you're delivering that right on point. All right, and, it's, and he's literally asking you, hey, you think you can outrun this guy? Okay, this is what we're going to do on this play. Boom, boom, boom. And we're doing that instead of, okay, again, now we got here. It's double right. We got Dragon Lion. You know what you got on that side. You yeah, there's half the side. guys are falling asleep. Guys right. in the back are asleep. The vets got their phones out. And they're <laughs> like, whatever. I, le- I learned this shit two years ago. Right. You know, I don't need to do, you know. Whereas Andy, it's so interactive and it's so specific to who you're about to play. He's a mad scientist. And nothing that happens on that football field is by accident. Well, if you get to this part of the field, it's not going to work. But if you get a yard this way, they're going to actually flip their hips. They're going to turn around and you're going to see Kelsey wide open. And you're gonna dot him right there with that ball, fifteen, right there, and it is literally, it's it's, it's everything. Engaging. It's everything. So now the other coaches kind of act like that too. Coach Tobe, the the special teams coach, he's like that, and now the defensive guys, now they're like that. It is a unit. Leadership matters. It absolutely mm-hmm. does, right? and everyone going in the same direction yep. is very very powerful. And he was able to command that without being, you know, I'm the boss or having that hierarchy feel of I'm above you guys. And not to say, again, not to say anybody else was like that, but people have different styles of coaching. Andy was here with you, and we were all going in the same direction. That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible, right? Yeah. The concept of styles of coaching is incredible. Yeah, yeah. it really and, is. And I think that I'd like you to speak to eventually. But in the business context, I've heard many times, uh, you know, some of your employees say, hey, he just, you know, he gives me so much energy and he coaches me. He, the, the term coaching is used in the business context. Yeah. Um, so being able to have a successful team, whether it's on the field or whether it's in the, the context of, of a corporation, I, I think have some real similarities. Well, and I, I just think it goes back to like leadership matters, uh, like throughout an organization. It's incredible. You see sports teams, companies, once they get the right person in that spot, yeah. yep. they're hiring the right people. Yep. They got energy. They've got, you know, it's... It's a lot less about strategy, actually, yeah. um, but getting people and buy-in and getting a lot of – because Andy's not playing football, exactly. right? Yeah. But exactly. if you buy in so much – You're a different player. You're a different player. A different, well, we had it with Jim, too. When Jim came, yep. we, had, we had Mike before, Mike Singletary before. And when Jim came in, he came in with a whole different fire, and we had the same guys. 
essentially we had the same team from my rookie year to my second year, a couple of different pieces, but we essentially had the same team. And we started, uh, I can't remember, I think it was 9-0 and or 10-0. and And it was the same guys. Yeah. And we're running essentially the same stuff. There's a difference in, in philosophy a little bit, but we're doing the same stuff. But we're just better at it now because we're all pulling from the same rope. Right. Attitude and chemistry. Yep. Well, it's interesting. I wonder I wonder if these if these guys or or leaders in general, they can evolve and change too, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. interested, like when they were young coaches, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like for c- sure. because I for my for me personally, when I first became a, a, a leader, a CEO, I got the title CEO, but I wasn't a CEO. Right. And I thought I'm gonna wear a suit, I'm gonna wear a tie, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna pretend to be this. Like yeah. uh, the idea of the CEO that I had. Grand right. Rose. Yeah. Right. That's bullshit, right? Yeah. Like people don't <laughs> right. respond to that. And actually it wasn't even, that's not even my personality. So that's why they didn't respond to it. They, that's exactly yeah. right. And yeah. I, I started to kind of be aware and look around and go, first of all, this doesn't even feel right. This feels mm-hmm. fake and, and, yeah. and disingenuous. And I want to have more fun with people. I want to engage. I want to bring this energy and, and bring people up and be more of the team. It's the we instead yep. of me, instead right? Of me. Yep. Yep. And and I bet the, the people around you could feel the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. they could probably feel when you were putting on to be something instead of just being yourself. And once you feel that and there, everyone, again, that energy never lies, really. You know, you can't lie because it's what you give off. And totally when I, I can just from a coaching standpoint and, you know, I haven't been in those shoes yet. But from a coaching standpoint, absolutely. That genuine nature is what has players gravitate to you and then turns us into a different uh, authenticity wins yeah authenticity sure. wins um now for the purpose of time I, I wanted to go through i mean we're almost I, I mean let's go through kind of the tail end of your career and transition yeah. into a little bit more business before before we yeah. do that though i mean let's have some fun with yeah. some of the let's just have fun football questions before we get into yeah. career. Okay. not that yeah. i don't want to get no, into career right? <laughs> all right all right for, but the first thing that comes to mind groupies a real thing oh man oh man <laughs> so we got to be honest we, we got to be, be honest. honest yes and then with social media the way it is now the accessibility is crazy, but then the consequences. Because you were just, it was in the beginning of social it was, media, right? Uh, it was yeah, on just, its rise. Twitter was on just its, happening. Yeah, yeah. It was, right, it right. was on its rise, and <laughs> and you get a lot of Direct the. messages. Yeah, you get a lot of the wrong attention on there, and so you can find yourself in You're leaning trouble. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get yourself in some trouble like that. So, yeah, absolutely. There's That's definitely a real thing. Craziest thing you ever saw in a, in a NFL locker room? Oh, man. Craziest thing that I can talk about. <laughs> well, this hey, is wide on. open hey, for me. Hey, yeah, you, you can tell us to edit. It's I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I can't get too specific. But you don't have to come say back names. to me on okay, that. Okay, we'll come back if, to you on that. If I don't say names, people are going to connect the dots here. These people are smart now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right, we'll get back to that. <laughs> right, don't forget We won't talk about the drug use or anything. None of that. Let's leave all that alone. Oh, man. So Any regrets? Um... Man, that is actually a good question, and that's probably the one thing I do feel good. Probably why I feel good today is because I left all my shit out there. I, I, I kept going when I didn't think I had any more, and I kept going after that, and I kept going after that. The so, one play you're famous for, you would still to this day absolutely. say, absolutely. 100%. Love it. Yeah, 100%. Like, if I was to say, oh, I should have fair caught that, and this is. That's soft, man. I'm not. I like thought that, maybe yeah. it would have been. I wish I would have picked a different agent. <laughs> oh, but <cool. laughs> he gave me. He was giving me jobs. Yeah, yeah. No, he's By great. the way, I'm I'm counting teams now. I he think was, we're we're at what we're at Denver now. We I got mean, four. On yeah, there. We're, we got we're on the four. Chiefs now. We're at Denver, 
We go to the Jets. We, I mean, we're and by the way, there's probably if I if I made a phone call right now and said, hey, for miraculously with his stem cell stuff, uh, Kyle's knees and everything's back together, he would get get a shot. I, well, you called I, me a year later. I, he uh, called yeah. me a year after I retired, and he said, hey, uh, was it Arizona? It's Arizona. You could probably do one and play. He, right? He, I know, was like, I got I got about five well, in me. I, five. I had to no, tell it gets him worse than that. Yeah. And this is how good I am uh, as an agent. Oh, I the Dodgers called. The Dodgers called. I get a call from Jerry Harrison, who's who's with you know, intimate with the Dodgers. Uh, he's still what he's a broadcaster now, but he played with yeah. the Dodgers, fourteen year vet. Uh, he goes, "Hey, when is Kyle done with football?" I'm like, "What?" I'm thinking in my head, I don't even know if Kyle can walk right now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, why? Based he's on like, what I saw, it's yeah. 50-50. He's like, he's like yeah, "Hey, no seriously. bullshit." Uh, Hinch runner, like we we're, we're inter- Dodgers would be interested. Do, would he be open to going to training camp? Wow. So this now is, it's <laughs> Yeah, you, okay, so this is uh Denver. I remember this. I, I'll never forget this one because it was like, oh, uh. yeah. But uh so I'm there with Denver. Denver picks me By up. By the way, let's do a quick little background. I believe uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your your dad and Elway, did they play together at Stafford? Yeah. yeah. So there's a yeah. dynamic there too. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Elway looked out, probably was giving me a shot after the two knees because he was just giving me a look. And uh they brought me in for a workout and I had virtually one leg during this workout and still did it. Oh, we're, we're minusing the Kansas City, the whole shoulder. Well, they si- so Kansas City does. So we listen to Kansas City. They do re-sign them. And I rarely trust teams, but we trusted Kansas City. Yeah. And they, they, they did what they promised. Then another injury occurs with a, a nasty AC joint separation, labrum tear. I mean, it's another injury, more adversity, right? Yeah. And so at this time, I'm starting to feel bad. I'm like, God, you know, should you kind of call it? Call yeah. it quits here because yeah. I know because I've also seen the after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it's, it hurts. It sucks. As a so, human being, so, yeah. <laughs> it and, hurts to watch. And I was back on the workout circuit and I've never worked out for a team. I never had to work out for a team. And now in my sixth year, I'm having to go to workouts. We worked out for Chicago, for Houston, and another team I can't even remember, Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, we end up going with Denver and Denver. And we end up going with Denver because of the Elway connection. And I was like, well, all things being equal, I want to play with Peyton. Last yeah. and, and he's they're, they're they're poised to go for a super. And I'm looking at their dynamic. I'm looking at Emmanuel on one side and Demarius on the other side. I'm like, I, I fit right in. I I got a shot to compete. I'm going there, and we get there and very first. I mean, and, and I'm and I'm in there during mini camp and during all that kind of stuff. I'm sitting right behind Peyton and I'm soaking up everything. And that's my kind of guy. Like I said before, I'm a very cerebral player. Second day of training camp. I'm catching a punt, ironically, and I hinge back to catch it. My Achilles explodes wow. in my leg. And it's this is about the time where we were. At this point, it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. You, got, you, got, you got two knees. That, that's gone. Usually that's done. Yeah. Right? Your, your, your labrum, your, your shoulder doesn't work. Yeah. Your hips are screwed. Yeah. And now you've just popped your Achilles like, hey, dude, you know, I'm yeah. thinking, okay, this is, he's, it's been a good run. We both, we both were. I went to him and I said, you know, and I'm again hysterical. I've done this whole roller coaster. Of yeah. Hurt, Up, fight down. back, hurt, fight back, hurt, fight, all that. And uh, if not for, they were having joint practices with the Niners actually. So all my old teammates are there in Denver and they're practicing. So they're seeing me roll around on the cart. And I'm telling all of them, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm done. And every single one of them to a man, like, you can't fucking quit. You're still getting. You understand that nobody gets a job after two ACLs. No, nobody gets. Nobody gets a job after then. You unless they have a good agent. Whole, okay, yeah. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so there, 
they don't let me go. They're like, no, you're not quitting. Just chill for a second. You're going to get another call. Of course we did. And we, you know, we went back right back to it. Call. That was, a, well, the Jets, right? Jets after that. Uh, remember Hackenberg, the Penn State quarterback? Yeah. Uh, someone needed a, they needed a receiver to be able to run routes. So he flew out to Penn State. I had it at, at yep. Penn State. And Kyle made him look good. I literally got a call, and it was, well, Kyle did well. Um, yeah. And they decided to pick up the quarterback, too. But, I mean, he, the Jets gave him another shot. So this is after knees, Achilles. I mean, your body is literally. <laughs> Not to mention the concussion history. Yeah, so I had so, to sign waivers. You remember that yeah. waiver? Oh, that's a bad waiver. I basically, basically signed a waiver on my if whole Kyle, body. Yeah, if Kyle walks and trips, uh, we are we're not liable for anything. <laughs> signed you know? a waiver on whatever. But we had, at that point, uh, you had no choice. It's like, look, if you Can want you to blame play, him? Yeah, no, yeah. I can't. I couldn't either. Can't. I had to respect it. Zero so now, ability to negotiate yeah. that out. But now yeah. we're with the Jets. <laughs> that's what it is. Now we're with the Jets, and I'm getting phone calls. And, and when I get phone calls, it's, one of, it's either really good or really bad. It's either. Hey, we have to let your guy go, or hey, we're like we're really Kyle's doing really, really well. Yeah. You know, you know it, does he like it here? Yeah. Those are always good signs. And he was he was killing it with, with New York. He yeah. was gonna he was gonna start. I would have been there three. So and again, then, I'm in a good situation. Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Now a three spot that's perfect for me, and it's tailor made for me. And then my good old good old reliable. Three? Meniscus this time. Oh meniscus, okay. Oh, but it but it, it, it was ripped bad. in every spot. So it was like, you know how it goes in a circle? It right. ripped in every spot of the meniscus. It was completely done. So yeah. before we let you leave, and I, I don't want to interrupt no, you, but, but one of the one of the things I, I want to make sure we cover is after all of these things, the ups, the downs, and everything in between, you're still going to go through for a couple more years with yeah. surgeries and stuff like that. But I think what's so interesting, right, and you'll probably take it for granted, you may have to think about it, mm -hmm. is – this idea of an extra 20%. So that where I come from is Friday being productive and almost like the most important day of the week to set me up for next week. It's that right. 20%, it's 20% of the work week in most people's eyes. Right. How do you, how did you, or do you look back and say, I maximized it this way, or I did this a certain way to get every single ounce of my body right. or mind right to be a professional athlete. Right. Well, I go back to that time when I was kind of going through, probably the darkest time that I had experienced at the time. And I was doing the mountains every day and I'm getting, when it was summertime in Arizona and I still tell people the story, they think I'm crazy. I was putting myself in all black sweats in the middle of summer and just pounding pavement and just running up and down the block, coming back in the house, being gas, laying in front of the fan and getting my ass up and doing it again. I love it. And it was because I, I had this theory of like, and this, it was kind of a fear almost of like, everyone works hard at this level and you've had shit, you've had knees, you've had, you know, ankles, Achilles, all these things. You have to work harder than those guys, like considerably harder in order to just be level. on the same level. So then if you want to be better, you got to go nuts. Like you have to go crazy. So like I'm, people really don't understand what that means, nah, right? Yeah. When you say work hard, it kind of goes in one ear, out oh, the next for the for most people, no, it's right? It's five days a week. Let's go to the gym for a couple hours here and there. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's two days with probably three workouts in between that. And then at night, when you're you if you got a pool in your backyard, you got a pool workout. And if you don't, you're going to the LA Fitness to do it. And it is all day, every day. And it's it's not just discipline physically. It's, it's it's more so mental. It's more mental, so and, mental and, yeah. and quite frankly, uh, nutritional. You know, people yeah. are, are conditioned to, to crave sugar. For example, you're yeah. you're on point in every aspect of your life to win. Yeah, six meals a day, and you know I'm not the biggest guy in the world, and every bit of muscle I had to put on was because of it was extra. It wasn't just natural. So, 
So it was, uh, again, six meals a day and, you know, three, four workouts a day, no matter what it was. And if I'm at home watching TV, it's doing something while I'm doing that. It's, it's doing the, the needles. The, the, that's the other part of it, too, that you have to do. And, you know, when you have things, your treatment has got to – it's a full-time job, too. Your recovery is a full-time job. And the, your body maintenance, if I feel good, I can't just go home and sit down on the couch. I got to do everything I can to just stay feeling good. So it becomes every bit of your life. I, I know people have said to me, you know, I tell them I've never really traveled anywhere. and I haven't gone on trips. And I'm trying to start that part of my life now. But everyone looks at me crazy when I say that. And I'm like, I didn't have time for that shit. I was recovering. I was in rehab for Oh man, this is gonna be sick. For out of like 60 months, I think I was in rehab for like 51 or 52 of them, and that is living in the training room. That I knew how to operate every bit of equipment in there, as good as they did, because I had to do it so often. So that is where my extra 20 came in, and I'm learning now as I'm kind of going through life and in business that there's even more than that. There's an extra on top of that. You know what I mean? Because now there's it's different. You're learning different terms you're learning different avenues of how business is done and in that world i was green when i first got into it because i've been doing something totally different right so i'm learning that that 20 percent isn't physically going harder now where as that was for me then now it's you know it's learning more things it's reading more it's kind of tapping into people like yourself and and networking with them and bouncing stuff off of them because they've been there and they've done it so now I'm back here instead of in my game, I was already here and I'm an expert at a thing in this world. I'm good at some stuff, but I have to bounce everything off of these experts and I got to be a sponge again. Like I was when I was eight talking to my dad and I have to get all that information and soak it all up and then decide how I'm going to use it in real life and, and apply it to real life. So I have one more question and I'm curious because of your upbringing and because of the relationship that you had with your father, who was an ultra successful GM. Yeah. Let's role play and say that you're a father now. Right. And you have a kid. If you yeah. could tell this, let's call it a son. Right. At, and he's eight years old right now. Yeah. What are you telling him or what's the most important thing for you to get in his head? Like wh when you look at what you were eight years old and all of these things that it just, it's gold, right? Yeah. And it's gold, the things that we've listened to over the last hour. Yeah. You have this opportunity right now to tell little junior yeah, Kyle, yeah like you need to remember this you're sitting at the table just like you did when you were a kid you get you get one thing yeah right genie yeah. pops out of the body get one <laughs> thing to tell this kid Man. it goes back to something that it was kina actually that told me this kina kina turner. Turner. and uh good dude he said it he said it to us as soon as we got there in this whole draft class we kind of embodied it and this draft class was crazy navarro bowman anthony davis mikey potty Anthony Dixon, we had guys, right? Um, he said there, the shortcut to success is just fucking hard work, period. That's just what it is. Like, that is the shortcut to it. And then I go to another thing that Kubiak told us, my head coach in Denver, that life is fair, just work harder. That's what it is, <laughs> just work harder. So, like, everything in this world, in this life, it's centered around the work. Yep. If you're doing the work, if you're whatever the work is, to, for your specific field, if you're doing that work, that's when opportunity meets preparation and you got action. Yeah. You know, it, and again, one of my favorite rappers, he passed, Nipsey Hussle, he said he's gone through every emotion. He has a famous interview, went through every emotion, 
and he never gave up on himself. You know, Jay-Z says the same thing. We went through it all. The, the, the genius thing that we did was we never gave up on ourselves. So it's really working hard and not giving up on you. Yeah. Because everybody, this world, this world will fuck you up if you let it. Right. With all the stuff we we're talking about, with the threats, with, you know, whatever outside opinions, if you allow all that to get in here, you're fucked. Yeah. You are. Yeah, and that's it's, great. it's got to be, it's got to be from within. It's in you, not on you type stuff. You know Love what I mean? It. So that's probably what I would try to deliver among a lot of others. Because stuff. there's like, very yeah. few people, right? Like the, the way that I, interpret that in just sitting here and i love everything about that uh there's very few people that do that yeah and aren't successful in their life right and it's not exactly. just about money but if someone's out there busting their ass mm -hmm. they're happy yeah, right exactly. it's, it fills them it's up fulfilling. it's yeah. fulfilling and yeah. they're good usually good people right exactly. like there's a, a consistent theme yep. with good people there, there's and purpose there's purpose and they're fulfilled. They feel a level of success, and it has nothing to do with how much is in their bank. It yep. has something to do with like this mentality yep. that we've been talking about on this show that I'm just super passionate about. Yeah, and it's almost it's it's almost holding yourself accountable. It is holding yourself accountable, yeah. and that feels good when you can, and you know you're on your shit. Or when you tap in, and I know you felt it, and you felt it when you tap in, and you know that there's more there, and you're just not doing it for whatever reason. You know it. Yeah, and you that's know. that's you a know. bad feeling. Looking at yourself in the mirror, I've. This, uh, in the last, like I said, I've been reading the last few months, and the best book I've read is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I don't know if you guys have. It's fucking amazing. It's the best book I've ever read. Ever. It's and not even close. Talking about that accountability. <laughs> Are you listening to it? Because he does something in the yes. middle of the, cha the yes. chapters where it's the best shit ever. He freestyles in the middle of the chapter, like, oh shit, I remember. Best you ever, shit ever. It's, it's best incredible. Shit ever. Have you ever read that one? No. Oh, yeah. do it. It's, yeah. it's, I told my little brother the other day, it's non negotiable. Yeah. Read the fucking book. Listen to the book. Listen to it. Don't read it because you get those little you nuggets. Little, yeah. And those nuggets in between gold. chapters is, is gold. gold. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And he and he I I've been saying this for a while. He turned the lights back on in my head and he reminded me who I was. Yeah. Because I'm reading through some of the stuff. And then I about halfway through I started listening to it. I was like, this dude, he's been through a lot of shit. If, can, you can, if you can't listen or read that book and it not have an impact in your life, period. It's just 100%. I, that's what I, my buddies were actually talking about this before we sat down here. And I literally sent the text while we, I was sitting right here. I said, try not to run through a brick wall when you're done. Right. Because that's exactly what it makes you feel like. Right. Like I'm, there it is. I'm running through that shit. No matter what you're doing, yeah. you don't feel good enough after you're done with that no. book. You're like, damn. I'm, I got more. I'm, I got way more. I got more. <laughs> yeah. I got more in a tank and I'm not using exactly. it. Exactly. Why am I not using it? Exactly. And when you, that accountability mirror, I've made that a very intentional thing in life to where when I look at myself, if I'm not getting everything out of every day or out of myself every day, Bullshit. Right. Because I only have a limited time here. Right. We all only have yeah. a limited time here. Yep. That's awesome. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, for coming and, and being our first guest. Uh, that was an amazing, amazing conversation. And uh, I think it's a good time to, to stop. And Yeah, uh, we wrap. Yeah. That was awesome. Cool. Yeah, thank we you. can do this shit whenever, boys. All right. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I can do this all day. <laughs> thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Absolutely. hey, thanks for coming. This has no, been great. No problem. Awesome. Awesome.